It's that time of year again. It's time to plant fruit trees out in the orchard. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of January the 12th, 2012. It won't be long before it'll be time to prune the fruit trees. We, we like to do that in February, but this is the time when it's uh, the best time to plant fruit trees. I guess the big initiative this year is the blueberries. That's right. In fact, we've already purchased 23 new plants from George Brown, our friend who owns Okachoy Farms. And um, so we've, we've got some work already for us to do. We got nine Tiff Blues, six Premier, four Brightwells, and four Austins. And that's in addition to the 16 that we already have in the ground and still alive. We had planted more than that, but we've lost a few blueberries. So when we finish, we'll have 39, and we're on our way to 40, so I probably should have added one more blueberry to yeah, the mix. Yeah, we but... did a little problem with our math there. <laughs> but, you know, George... Well, well you're did... very kind to call it we, it's really Lee. <laughs> but George did not have any Climax blueberries this year, so maybe when we go to, to Petals, we can just pick up we'll a Climax. Pick up a Climax and round out our 40 which will all be in two rows, rows 18 and 19, on the, what we call the blueberry strip. And the blueberry strip is immediately north of the barn uh, and will always be in full sun. That's why we chose that spot, because the, having the barn where it is makes sure that this, the blueberries will always be in full sun. There will never be trees. That's right. We won't. There, we had to clear out the trees to build the barn, so it's it's a perfect place. And we have a drip irrigation right along those two strips, so they're just happy campers sitting out there. Exactly, and uh, they're not equal rows. One of the rows is a little shorter than the other yeah. because one row kind of curves around the driveway, but. Uh, suffice to say, the two together should have room for 40 blueberries, most of them on 10-foot spacing, although we've got a couple of, you know, a few of them that we planted the first year before we knew better uh, yeah. that are planted on a 6-foot spacing, but uh, most of them will be 10-foot. And one thing we learned from George is that we needed to be amending our soil with something other than just compost when we planted the trees. So this year... We will be, well, and his recommendation was to either use peat or sawdust that's at least 35 years old. So while we were with George, we went ahead and purchased from him some sawdust that's 50 years old. It nice should, and, and black. It's so it's pitch yeah. black. I, when he sent us out into the pasture to find it, and I drove right past it uh, thinking, oh, that's not it. Because it was so dark, it was so deep yeah. and black. But I guess that's, that's what happens when it's 50 years old. Yeah, I guess old. <laughs> when sawdust is 50 years old, it doesn't look like sawdust anymore. Uh, so we have that, and we'll mix that in when we plant the blueberries. The idea is to maintain their level of soil acidity. Which they love. Because blueberries like yeah. acid soil. They do, yes. Obviously, one of the things that makes them grow well here in central Alabama is that we have acid soil, but it's not quite acidic enough. That's so. right. And you might be wondering, why would we want 40 blueberry bushes? I mean, that's they're going to be, at some point, if they all survive and 
and produce, we're going to have a lot of blueberries. A decent blueberry bush, we are told, you can depend on to produce about two gallons of berries in a, in a decent yeah. year. Yeah. So if you do the math, that means we're looking at something like 80 gallons if all of this goes according to plan. And it won't, of course. It won't no. work out quite that way. But it's going to be a lot the of blueberries. The birds will get some. But, you know, when we've gone blueberry picking at George's, and we maybe pick five or six gallons to freeze to use all during the year, we think, and actually that's plenty of blueberries for us to make muffins. We can make, of course, we'll have more now so we can make jam. We can, of course, eat them fresh while they're in season, uh, make wine, make juice, all kinds of possibilities. One of the things you and I have talked about is that when we have dessert, our sort of standby traditional dessert is a little square of dark chocolate and some fresh uh, seedless red grapes and some kind of nuts. Well, I'm not sure how much longer we're going to be able to get seedless red grapes. They they tend to be flown in to where we live. So, um, I, I'm guessing those are not long for our grocery store shelf, at least on at a price we can justify paying. And we don't plan to plant um, grapes here. We I mean, know. Other they, than muscadines, yeah. which it, are technically grapes. People work, work, work to plant bunch grapes, and they really don't perform the way muscadines do. But you and I are, are thinking about the possibility that Instead of seedless red grapes being our go-to dessert, maybe frozen blueberries will become our yeah. go-to dessert. Right. So. I don't know that I will eat them frozen, but maybe let them thaw out. Maybe. And the other thing is I drink orange juice every morning, but if it gets to the point I can't go out and buy orange juice, blueberry juice would be fine. And we should note that it's filled with antioxidants. It's really good for you. It's healthy food, so and delicious. We just love the taste of blueberries. Yeah, Strawberries, uh, that's another type of fruit we want to plant more of but of course that's not in the orchard it's it's we plant the strawberries out on veg hill in a row and we'd like to plant another flat of those which will be 18 plants and i understand that what they have at petals would be camarosa which do just fine so when i go to petals from the past this saturday while you're learning to play the dulcimer we hope yay we hope (laughs) i will um pick up a flat of strawberries in and amongst the other things that we get. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another good healthy fruit. We can, uh, it's a, when they're in season, they're wonderful for uh, cereal and that kind of thing, fruit salads, but then uh, another potential source of making jam, jellies. Sure. Desserts. Um, and, and again, strawberries, just delicious, fresh and frozen as well. So yeah, right off the, right off the plant. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit about our new venture, because we've planted trees in the past, but we're going to try something a little different this year, a little riskier. And a little risky, and not there's nobody who's blazed the trail for us on this. We're tentatively, well, not tentatively, we've already decided we're going to plant two olive trees. Um, obviously, the, the reason for planting olives is that we need a source of fat in our diet going forward. Um, when... You can't raise meat easily. So, and we like uh, olives. We, we like love olives, and we know that they are uh, valuable in our diet. Uh, but they're a little dicey for our climate. Yeah. Um, and speaking of diet, by the way, I like to cook with olive oil. So to be able to make your own from your own olives is just a really tantalizing thought. Uh, but, yeah, they are dicey. They are uh, because they don't necessarily like 
hu- the humidity that we have here. Yeah, that's that, that's fun. really the wild card. Uh, there's a possibility that they will freeze in a cold winter. The the most cold hardy olives are cold hardy down to 10 degrees or so. And it's rare for a winter temperatures to get below 10 here, but it's not unheard of. I guess we just have to put a frost blanket over them if we were going to have that. Or try to rescue them after they're flummoxed. You know, we could yeah. just try to hang on to as much of the of the tree as we can. But we're at least going to try it, and the two varieties that we've ordered from Willis uh, Orchard Company is um, the Arbequina and the Manzanilla. And the Arbequina is supposed to be a tad more cold-hardy than even than the Manzanilla. So okay. um, we're we're hopeful. Maybe we can yeah, make it work. Yeah, that's, that's something we'll keep you posted about. Um, and I know we have a lot of planting that's simply backfill. That is, we've lost some trees for various reasons, and we need to go back and, and fill in the gaps. We've got uh, an area up between the barn and the orchard that is not protected by deer fence. So we can't j- plant just anything up there, but the two plants we think will be relatively immune to deer pressure are figs and pomegranates, in addition to the blueberries. And we planted and, some pomegranates last year, but we we should not have planted them that early <laughs> because the construction for the lodge came through and during the major part of the excavation and clearing for the root cellar. They just got buried. They're gone. Those yeah. are so. They're, yeah. But and the the good news is we've had more time to learn about it and specifically go to one of the uh, walks around the orchard with Arlie Powell and we've probably we know more about which varieties we want to plant now. Exactly. We we certainly will plant one wonderful pomegranate. That's sort of the standby. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Uh, thinks about including wonderful in their mix of pomegranates, and we will as well. Then there's one that's called Cloud, and we're going to plant one of those. And while we were on that walk, Arlie discovered how nice the Russian pomegranate tastes. Right. He pulled it off the tree and passed it around for all the touring people on the walk to sample, and it was so luscious. He told us as he was passing it out, now this isn't nearly sweet enough, but Boy, it was delicious. Yeah, so we decided then and there, okay, Russian's got to be one of them too. So that's the three pomegranates. The two figs are an LSU purple and an O'Rourke. We lost two O'Rourkes in the construction along with the other things, so we figured we can replace them, but we'll replace one of them. And we didn't have an LSU purple, so we want to try that. And then peaches. We we want to uh, plant more peaches in our orchard especially we're heading for or we're we're hoping we can get early season since we are organic we're not going to be spraying early season is our priority because they're not as susceptible they don't have as much time to be susceptible to all the pests and, and uh, fungus fungus and, so and that kind of thing before their fruit is is gone so uh, the June gold we know that worked well for us last year delicious fruit we're going to plant one more of those and then I noticed Petals has something called a Sam Houston, which is earlier than most. So we'll give that a try. So we're going to have a June Gold and a Sam Houston that we put in the ground, mm-hmm. and we'll uh, and that should round out our mix of peaches. Right, and then we um, lost a muscadine plant that was in the row, and it was a Supreme. So we had to make a decision about 
which one, you know, what to replace that with. And we decided to go with a Darlene. You and I had had an opportunity to taste a Darlene muscadine and loved it. Uh, it was so big and juicy and, and sweet. Yeah. So we fell in love with it and learned from Arlie that uh, since we purchased the Supreme, he's discovered more about problems with Supreme. So it was an easy decision to make to replace yeah. that Supreme non-self-fruitful with a Darlene non-self-fruitful. Which is surrounded with uh, self-fruitful plants. In other words, they will be this plant will have no trouble being pollinated exactly. in the right location. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, blackberries. That's something that, you know, we've talked about being able to make juice and jams and jellies and cobbler, and they're just great to eat right off the tree. That's something that you almost can't have too many of here in, the, in this area. So we are going to expand our blackberry production with a couple more thornless, at least, natches. We've got well. a couple more spots on our untrellised row. That's row one. And we know we could add a couple of erect, thornless blackberries there. And we've got two or three spots on row one that where we lost blackberries. And we'll uh, replace them with probably with thornless. Yeah. So, uh, and, and we've had such good luck with our natchez. This pe- the one that was a second year plant that I planted two years ago. The, the few blackberries that we actually even got to eat this past summer were the Natchez, and they were nice and plump. Uh, birds are an issue, but, you know, again, the more blackberries you plant, the more you have for yourself. That's right. You plant enough so that you got some for the blue, for the birds and some left over for you, and you're okay. Um, and why don't we shift and talk about our long-range plans for fruit and nut planting? We've got three spots on Veg Hill on row 12. Uh, that was originally planned all muscadines. But after planting the four that are there now, we learned that my choice of a trellis was the wrong one for muscadines. I put a go a, a double curtain trellis, yeah. and muscadines, if they grow the way they should, are so prolific, so aggressive in their growth that you have trouble getting between the two branches of the curtain. So what we should have planted was a single uh, line trellis, and that's what we have out on the orchard proper. So what we've decided to do is instead of trying to fill that uh, row out with three more muscadines, we'll fill it out with three golden kiwi when they become available. Right. But And then we, we're going to plant a fourth one because um, you have to have a male tree, which unfortunately doesn't produce any fruit, but you've got to have it for the uh, cross-pollination of the female trees. So our plan is to plant, we want at least two uh, trees that are going to produce fruit. And you might be saying, well, then why do you not, why do you need more than one male? Because as Arlie Powell pointed out, you're sunk if that one male plant dies. (laughs) (laughs) You got to have at least one male. So for backup purposes, we're going to plant two. So we will have four um, kiwi on Veg Hill when we finish up. But we can't get them yet because this um, variety that we know is the best one for us is not yet available for sale. Auburn's still working out the details of the license with the uh, with its partners in China. Mm-hmm. And when that's done, then we'll purchase those and get them in the ground. Yeah, they really are wonderful tasting fruit and so sweet. And you don't have to wait forever for them to ripen and 
eat the yeah, way you do a regular kiwi. <laughs> they're delicious. Just uh, delicious. Okay. Uh, and I guess the last is the pecans. We we know we want to add pecans. Pecans are really slow to develop, so we should be getting them in the ground. But it looks like we're going to miss one more year to get pecans in the ground because the area where we want to plant them is wooded right now. We've got to clear some space for pecans. Yeah. yeah. And unless some miracle happens and we have a lot of time freed up for ourselves, I don't see that happening this year. But, hey, you know, you take it one day at a time and do what you can. So. Exactly. And maybe we're planting pecans for our children and grandchildren instead of for us. Yeah. But we'll... But that's okay. One of my favorite expressions, a society becomes great when its old men plant trees in whose shade they know they will never sit. Yeah, I think that's a... That's You're tired of hearing that. No, I no, I think it's it's apropos, really. Well, I think before we leave, since in light of what we talked about last week in the podcast, um, it would be, we'd be remiss without ending by saying roll tide. Oh my goodness, good for you. I'm glad you remembered. We're so proud of our team. So happy that they have brought the national championship title back home to the state of Alabama for yet another year. And uh, thoroughly good game. Our son got to go and enjoyed it and cheered on the tide. So we're so grateful for that and enjoyed it. Enjoyed this past Monday night a lot. (laughs) And it was encouraging to me to uh, read messages from and talk to as many Auburn fans who supported Alabama in that game, just as you and I supported Auburn last year. When they won the national championship. And there are a few Auburn fans who didn't, and you know who you are. (laughs) Just as there were some Alabama fans who didn't didn't root for Auburn last year, so and you know who you are. But uh, we just feel that it can be a way to bring people together, and I was especially touched by the end of the game, or at the end of the game, when so much... um, Thoughts still went out to the tornado victims in Tuscaloosa, how much the team, uh, the football team at Alabama has helped them and gone in to try to um, reconstruct and clear after the after everything happened. So it was a needed uh, lifting of spirits in that community. And so we are just rejoicing with them right now. Absolutely. And uh, what a nice way to end our podcast. Hope you have a wonderful week. We will look forward to visiting with you next week. We may be talking about seeds and seed starting next week. I think that would be a good topic. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.